Hello everyone and welcome to me, Mrs. G's Storytime. And we are reading Treasures of the Snow by Patricia Sanjan with permission of Moody Publishing Company. And we are on Chapter 6, The Rescue. Grandmother finished shredding the dandelions and then, leaning heavily on her stick, went back to the house and sat down in her chair. She was very, very tired and soon her head nodded onto her chest and she fell asleep. Grandmother was more lame than ever by now and nearly blind. She was usually very tired, but she loved her two grandchildren greatly and was going to work for them as long as she possibly could. So she continued to cook with her crippled hands and to mend with strained, aching eyes. Annette never realized, for she was only 12 and Grandmother never complained. If we work because we love someone, it doesn't seem too difficult. Grandmother slept much longer than usual. Annette had gone down to the village shop, and Papa was up in the forest cutting and st stacking logs. She had meant to mend Danny's wo white woolen socks and put patches on the elbows of his blue jacket, but she was much too tired. She just folded her twisted old hands on her lap and went on sleeping. Even the cuckoo jumped out of the clock and struck there three without waking her. It was nearly four when Grandmother woke and looked at the clock, and then she gave a little cry of alarm and surprise. Danny had gone out a half past two and had not returned yet. Where could he be? Danny, she called out sharply, for he might be hiding. Perhaps in a moment he would tumble out of the cupboard as cheeky and mischievous as usual. But there was no answer. Grandmother hobbled onto the veranda and shaded her dim eyes. Perhaps she could would catch sight of him stomping home and how she would scold him for being so late. The figure appeared around the cow shed, but it was not Danny. It was Annette, with her basket on her back and a long golden loaf sticking out of the top of it. She had a half a holiday from school and had been shopping. She waved to Grandmother and came running up the steps. Annette, said Grandmother, take your basket off and go and search for your little brother. He went out to pick flowers nearly an hour and a half ago, and he hasn't come back. Annette let down her basket with a thump, and she thought that her grandmother was rather fussy about Danny. What harm could come to him, wandering about in the fields where anyone he might meet knew and loved him? He would, he will be up in the woods with Papa, and I replied, I'll, I'll go up and see in a few minutes. Let me have a piece of bread and some jam first, Grandma. I'm hungry. She broke off a thick hunk from the loaf and spread it with butter and jam, while our grandmother went back to the balcony and peered up the path again. And while she was eating, firm footsteps were heard down the hillside, and Papa came into sight. "'Where's Danny?' cried Grandma. "'Hasn't he been with you, Pierre? D doesn't he, didn't he meet you in the, up in the mountain?' "'Danny?' repeated Papa in astonishment. "'He hasn't been near me. When did he leave, Mother?' Grandmother stopped trying to hide her worry. "'He left me an hour and a half ago,' she cried, "'and he and the kitten. They went out to pick crocuses in the field nearby.' Something must have happened to him. Annette and her father looked at each other. Both were worried now, for the path from the forest led through the crocus fields, and Papa had seen no sign of Danny when he was on his way home. Annette slipped her hand into her father's. Perhaps he's wandered into the forest to look for you, she said comfortably. Let's go and look for him. Claus will probably be there about somewhere to show us which direction he's gone. Claus hates long walks. Together they set up on the hill towards the forest, but they went in silence, for Papa was afraid to say what he was thinking. Spring brings certain dangers to the mountains in Switzerland. 
swollen torrents and sudden falls of melting snow called avalanches, and Danny was such a tiny boy. Grandmother, left alone, went indoors and prayed. As she prayed, she saw a picture. For the less grandmother saw with her real eyes, the more she saw with her mind. This time there seemed to rise before her the picture of a dark forest with deep rushing streams, its path rough with boulders and blocked with avalanches. Danny was running along the path with his hands full of crocuses, and beside him walked an angel with white wings. And in the shadow of those wings there was a shelter and warmth and safety. The words, the angel of the little ones are always in the presence of the Father in heaven, came to her mind, and she got up from her knees, feeling quite peaceful, and began to get the evening meal ready. There was still no sign of Danny or Claus in the fields, nor at the edge of the pine woods. Up and down, Annette and her father searched, calling his name, but nothing answered except the echoes and the rushing of the torrent. Slowly the sun sank towards the mountain peaks, and the shadows grew longer on the fields. Papa, said Annette suddenly, I wonder if he's gone down to Lucien's house. I've seen Lucien talking to him once or twice, and I'll run down to their chalet and ask. On the snowdrifts and the grass she bounded, and she reached Madame Morel's chalet in less than five minutes. The back door stood open, and Annette put her head around. Madame, she called. Lucien, are you there? Have you seen Danny? The house was silent and deserted, yet they could not have gone far, for they left the door wide open. Annette was about to run across to the barns when she caught sight of Madame Morel's stout figure toiling up the track that led to their, her own chalet. Annette ran to meet her. Madame, she cried eagerly, catching hold of her hand, have you seen our little Danny? He has run away and we have not seen him for two hours. Do you think he might be with Lucien? And if so, where is Lucien? He may well be, answered Madame Morel rather grimly. I have just been down to your chalet to ask if you would give me any news of, Morel, of Lucien. The lazy boy should have been home long ago, and the cow is crying out to be milked. I shall have to do her myself unless he has arrived while I was away. If so, he will have gone straight to the shed. Let's go across and see. They went in together over to the barn and opened the heavy wooden door. The red cow was stomping and twitching his tail, but there was no Lucien to be in sight. Madame Morel turned around angrily and was about to close the door when Annette seized hold of her sleeve and held up her finger. Listen, she whispered. What is that noise up in the loft? They both stood listening hard for a moment, and from the straw dropped above them came the sound of a child crying. Annette was up to the ladder in an instant like a little wildcat, and Madame Morel lumbered up behind her. Both of them knew that something was desperately wrong, but Annette thought only of Danny, and Madame thought only of Lucien. Lucien cried Madame Morel, My poor child, what is the matter? Are you hurt? Danny, hissed Annette, seizing him by the arm and shaking him. Where is he? What have you done with him? Give him back. Lucien cowered lower in the straw and shook his head violently. He was quite hysterical by now. I, I don't know where he is, he screamed. It wasn't my fault. What wasn't your fault, Annette screamed back, shaking him worse than ever. Where is he? Do you know? You're telling lies. Madame, make him speak the truth. Madame dragged Annette out of the way and knelt by Lucien, her face very white, for now she had guessed that some harm had come to Danny, and Lucien knew of it. She pulled his face up from the straw and turned it towards her. Lucien, she commanded, trying to speak quietly, speak at once. 
Where is Danny? Lucian stared at her wildly and saw that saw that all escape was impossible. He's dead, he said with a hiccup, and then he began to cry again with his head buried in the straw. Annette had heard, but she did not move. For just a few moments she felt frozen all over. Her face was so white in the dim light that Madame, Madame thought she was going to faint. She tried to put her arm around her, but Annette sprang away, and then she spoke in a harsh a hoarse voice that did not sound like her own at all any longer. He must come and show us where, she said at last. At least my father can carry him home. And later, she added, I will kill Lucian. Madame took no notice of the last part of this speech, but the first suggestion sounded sensible. She took her boy by the arm and dragged him to his feet and almost carried him down the ladder. Come, Lucian, she urged at the bottom. You must show us where Danny is quickly. Otherwise, Monsieur Bernet will be here with the police to make you go. This threat frightened a little bit of sense and reason into Lucien, and he set off for the, up the hill as fast as he, as he could go, sobbing all the time and protesting it was not his fault. Madame Morel and Annette followed, and Madame, Madame was sobbing as well, but Annette could not shed one tear, for she felt as if all her tears were frozen up by rage and misery. They reached the wall very quickly. Lucien pointed into the darkening ravine. He's over there, drowned in the torrent, he whispered, and then flung himself down and buried his face in the grass. At this moment, Monsieur Bernet appeared at the edge of the wood and hurried towards the little group. He took no notice of Lucien, but took one look at his daughter and one look at the rocks. In that quick glance, he saw something that none of the others had noticed. A shivering white kitten crouching on the ledge, right at the, at the, at the crest of an overhanging boulder. Once he had seen this, no more words were needed for the moment. He simply said, I must fetch a rope and run down the mountain like a man being, and he ran down the mountain like a man being chased by a wild beast. Grandmother was at the door of the chalet, and she too saw by the look on his face all that she needed to know at that moment. Without a word, she watched him pull down the, the climbing rope that hung on the wall and ran away into the shadows. In the ravine, he suddenly called back, and then he disappeared. Grandmother left alone, put on a kettle, fetched some old sheets and filled a large stone hot water bottle so as to be ready for anything. Then she sat down and shut her eyes and folded her hands. Once again, she saw a picture of Danny, caught by the dark waters of the ravine, but the white wings of the angel stopped the current, and Danny was caught up safely in his arms. God will put his angels in charge of you to protect you, whispered Grandmother, and she climbed the stairs to turn down his little bed and warm the blankets. Danny's father was back with the rope in an amazing short time, but to the watchers by the wall it seemed like hours. Nobody spoke as he shikered it around the tree trunk and flung it over the boulder. Then gripping, gripping it with his hands and knees, he backed himself down the slippery rocks and disappeared into the ravine. There, hanging in space, he dared to look down towards the rushing waters that must surely have carried away his child. What he saw sent a great rush of hope into his heart and a cry to his lips. Grandmother had been right. The angels had taken care of Danny as he fell, and he had never reached the water at all. He had fallen onto the jetted-out boulder just below, and there he lay, flat on his back, with his leg doubled under him, waiting for someone to come and rescue him, and crying because he could not move. The time had been long, and Danny supposed that he had been asleep, for he never remembered how much of those two hours afterwards. 
He remember, he really rem remembered only the moment when his father hovered over him like some great big bird and then stopped by him and knelt on the rock at his side. Papa, whispered Danny in a very lightly, faintly, where's Claus? Just above you, replied his father, checking everything with a little white face. We will pick her up on the way back. Papa went on, Danny. My leg hurts and I can't move it. Will you carry me home? Of course, replied his father. That is what I came for. I'll carry you home at once. And he took his little son in his arms. But Papa went on Danny's weak, worried voice. Can you carry us both, Claus and me, together? You won't leave Claus, will you? It's time she had her milk and she'll be very thirsty. Claus shall go in my pocket, promised, her father, promised his father as he lifted the child very, very gently. Danny moaned, for his leg hurt when he moved. But he kept his eyes on his father's face and was really as brave as it is possible to be at five years old. And it was a long, slow journey back, and Danny's father could not climb the rock with, rock, rope with Danny in his arms. He had to scramble down to the edge of the torrent and pick his way along the side of it until they came to a part where the bank was less steep, and he was able to make his way up. Danny fell into a sort of a deep sleep and seemed to know nothing until his father laid him down on the grass beside the net. "'Have you got claws in your pocket?' asked Danny, opening his eyes suddenly. "'I'm fetching her now,' replied his father." Holding the rope, he, lit, he slid to the edge of the again and picked up the white kitten. Danny held out his arms, and Claus nestled down against his heart, purring like a little steam engine. Annette, for the first time in all that nightmare evening, burst into tears. They laid Danny on a coat, and Madame Morel and Monsieur Bernet carried him slowly home down the mountain, while Annette came behind carrying Claus. A sad little procession, and yet their hearts were full of grateful joy because Danny was alive and had spoken. That was enough for the moment. No one, not even his mother, gave one thought to Lucien, who still lay under the wall, huddled down in the grass. When he lifted his head and found that he had been left alone with the night, he felt as though the whole world had turned his back on him and forgotten him. He got up and slunk home through the shadows, and crept shivering into bed, feeling the most lonely and miserable little boy in the whole world. Tomorrow we'll have Chapter 7, Annette Plans Revenge. I love you, and I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.